You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the show. BYU basketball, the 12th ranked team in the country. Well, they're not going to be 12th ranked next week as they drop their first game of the year, losing in overtime in Orem to UVU. We'll dig into that. We'll also talk some BYU football, answering some of your questions that have been submitted on social media this week on a Twitter Thursday And, of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News, BYU Baseball announcing their signing class. So a whole lot to get to ahead on today's show. It's all brought to you today by our friends over at Omaha Steaks. Yes, a new sponsor. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks is making it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. And we'll tell you a little bit more about Omaha Steaks later on in today's podcast. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here on a Thursday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 2nd, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. Hope you're having a better day than BYU men's basketball, the 12th ranked team in the country. They move inside the top 15 and summarily go to UVU and get dismantled in a 72-65 to loss in overtime. Folks, it's a bad loss. It's just because of the perception, obviously, you're playing against UVU, who is perceived to be a lesser team than you. You go to their gym, and you lose for the first time you've ever lost in that gym at the UCCU Center, which, by the way, the environment there last night, absolutely nutso. So credit to all the BYU and Wolverine fans who showed up and made that an absolutely epic environment. I have concerns, folks, about this BYU men's basketball team, and we're going to dig into those here for a moment. Uh, But the biggest thing is, let's not overreact to this loss. KenPalm.com, Ken Pomeroy, obviously one of the basketball savants out there, a Utah resident who does a great job breaking things down, actually only dropped BYU four spots in his Ken Palm ratings from number 22 to number 26 after the loss to UVU. So it's actually not as brutal a loss in terms of the overall metrics as you may think it is. But I understand completely that the perception of BYU losing to UVU is an unacceptable thing. I do need to tip my cap to UVU in this game. That is a team that could challenge for an NCAA tournament berth. The WAC is going to be a one-bid league by and large. You'd have to take something special for a team to get an at-large bid out of that conference. But so far, UVU looks the part of an NCAA tournament caliber team. So they gave BYU fits and starts and just made life miserable for BYU. And the first thing I want to say about the Cougars in this instance is my thoughts and prayers go out to Gavin Baxter. A third straight season-ending injury. He tears his ACL, according to Mark Pope. Mark uh, making those comments in the post-game, telling the media that he tore the ACL. And that is an absolutely devastating brutal blow for a guy who has just diligently battled season-ending injury after season-ending injury and now is going to have to do it again. 
I cannot imagine what is going through Gavin Baxter's mind. I feel for that young man. He has been very, very good when he's been on the court, but it's just been so few and far between the games that he has played over the past three seasons. So, man... What a brutal blow for BYU, especially now with Richard Harward still sidelined indefinitely. BYU is suddenly paper thin along their front line. That doesn't mean they don't have guys. They have Fuseni Traore and Atiki Ali Atiki, but let's also acknowledge those are both first-year freshmen. Those guys are just barely getting into the program, and they're going to have their growing pains. Caleb Lohner played the five down the stretch last night and had some effective moments, but he is not a guy who is built to play the five for extensive periods of time. So BYU suddenly, folks, has some major issues, and it goes beyond just the fact that they have a size disparity in the front court. This is a team who lacks outside shooting. Alex Barcelo is a good outside outside shooter, but the problem is, how many shots did he hunt last night down the stretch? I think it was eight straight possessions down the stretch for BYU, not a single attempt from Alex Barcelo. And let's also acknowledge that UVU obviously was going to try and force the ball out of his hands. They wanted other people to beat BYU. But until BYU can find an outside shot from somebody not named Alex Barcelo, this is going to be an absolutely brutal offense to watch in many respects. They have gotten by with how they have played so far this season, but it caught up with them as they went to Orem to play this game against UVU. They have to have guys like Trevin Nell step up. Trevin, good dude, great story, all this fun jazz, but he has not been what he has been advertised. It is a false bill of goods when it comes to Trevin Nell, and I don't want to sound really down on this young man, but he has been billed as an elite three-point shooter. How elite has he been for BYU in his entire time in Provo? Not that elite, I can tell you that much. It seems like when he heaves him up, you're like, oh, that looks like a no, but it's not going down again. They need to have guys step up and shoot the three better. Caleb Lohner, brutal on offense last night. Not having Gideon George available, that hurt BYU. He was out due to an illness, apparently non-COVID illness, just was not feeling up to playing, so left him back in Provo. But this is a team without outside shooting. This offense is seemingly stuck in mud. They're running the weave and screening and running off screens for one another, but it's not generating anything. This offense is just brutal right now. I'm Like I said, I'm not trying to come off as Debbie Downer about this BYU men's basketball team because let's still acknowledge they are 6-1. and one. They're still nationally ranked. This is a good basketball program. But until they can start generating looks on offense, it is going to be more of the same of what we saw against UVU. Teams are going to try and bottle BYU up, get physical with them, and make life miserable for this team. We've got to see guys step up and start hitting shots. T. John Lucas hit big threes against Utah. Did not seemingly hit a big shot against U, uh, against UVU. So, until BYU can start figuring out an identity offensively, they are going to have multiple nights like this moving forward. And I don't take any pleasure in saying that because it's not fun to watch. Frankly, last night's game was pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, UVU, I thought, had the more entertaining offense. Uh, one thing we do to acknowledge in this game, that UVU, their numbers actually similar to BYU, just go by the scorebook. But one thing that is being overlooked in that conversation, because you, BYU shot 31.9% from the field, UVU shooting 31.3%, BYU 25.9% from three, UVU 26.3% from three, uh, but the bigger number that matters on the box score is the free throw disparity. UVU shot 
35 free throws to BYU 17. Yes, that is double the number BYU shot. Uh, and UVU actually shot about the same percentage. 71.4% for the Wolverines, 70.6%, 12 of 17 for the Cougars. But the number that is not being looked at in all of this is the effective field goal percentage. That is the number that really matters here, folks. And UVU is significantly better in the effective field goal range. If you don't know what effective field goal percentage is, it takes into account all of the field goals attempted, but gives extra uh, merit to three-point shots, the extra points accrued from those, and also the, the typically harder uh, degree of difficulty to make those shots. Effective field goal percentage is actually more of a true indicator of the shooting that's actually happening in a game. Happening in a game, and UVU outclassed BYU by a significant margin in effective field goal percentage, somewhere to the effect of at least I think five points. I had somebody mention it was nine points better in the effective field goal percentage. If it's nine points better, man, that is a crazy disparity, and it's not surprising that UVU won that game. But BYU now has to pick up the pieces. They've got a trip out to uh, Missouri to face at Missouri State on Saturday afternoon, and right now, a whole lot of question marks surrounding this team. Uh, I'm not 100% certain that all of them are going to be answered in just a couple of days before BYU takes on Missouri State, but they have got to find an identity on offense. Their defense hung in there. They, they tried to do their best. They rebounded as a team. Uh, this was a team, speaking of BYU, who had a severe size disadvantage against UVU, and until late in this game, BYU held their own on the rebounding numbers. BYU in total rebounds actually hung with uh, UVU actually out rebounding UVU, excuse me, 53 rebounds for BYU against 50 for the Wolverines, despite guys like Fardaz Amak having a 20-20 game. It was a it was, a, it was a game that BYU gave a good effort on the defensive end, and also they hung in there with the rebounding. But until that offense finds an identity and starts generating high percentage looks, and guys, by the way, one other thing, guys, when they have a look from three or have a look at a good shot, they need to take it. I saw far too often guys would get a decent look and would pass out of it. If you have a look, Mark Pope talks about this all the time, own your shot, take the shot, own it. We're not seeing that right now from this team. A little gun shy. We need to see more offensively. We need to see an identity emerge from this team offensively. There has been no discernible identity for this team. I can think of Mark Pope's first team when he first came in during the 2019-2020 season. Three-point shooting was the hallmark of that team. You can think about it. TJ Haas and those guys. Last year had its own identity on offense and actually had more effective three-point shooting than BYU has right now. This team lacks an offensive identity, and that might be the single biggest factor right now for BYU that they need to answer as they head to Missouri State. We'll preview that game more in depth on tomorrow's podcast, let you know exactly what you need to know about Missouri State and this matchup against the Cougars and where else BYU needs to improve as I think more on it, but brutal. Brutal loss perception-wise against UVU last night in Orem. All right, coming up in just a minute, we'll talk about your guys' questions. It's a Twitter Thursday. Some of you submitted questions this week. I'm going to answer them, as many as I have time uh, permitting, and also catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news later on today. BYU baseball announcing their signing class. We'll let you know where those guys are all coming from. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor. That's our friends at Omaha Steaks, my friends. If you want some delicious food, Omaha Steaks is here to save the holidays. They are just around the corner. We all know that. And finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks is here to make it easy and to send your family and friends an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to Omaha 
omahasteaks.com and enter collagen into the search bar to order what they call the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the co- when you use the code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard about the reports and shortages with shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect packet, perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the promo code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. I can attest to this. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword college, to get that perfect gift package for just $99.99. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. If you guys are in need of any pest control services, whether they're residential or commercial, All Guard Pest Control is the solution that you guys need to check out. They are based in Utah County, a local company, but they are capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. The best part about it is Seth and his team, Seth Baird, the owner, they are huge BYU fans, would love nothing more than to talk about the Cougars with you while treating your home. I can speak to this because they've been taking care of my home for the better part of three years now. Anything and everything I have thrown at them have been handled professionally, quickly, and the best part, none of them have ever come back. Maybe that's a bad thing for the business model that Seth has got, but that just shows how good of a company that All Guard Pest Control is. If you need pest control services, reach out to them anytime, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or go to their website, allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S, dot com. Or once again, their phone number, 801-851-1812. Make sure to tell them the J-Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you give them that call. Thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there. This podcast is free and available on all podcasting platforms. So thanks for taking the time. And obviously, as I've said previous on this, we are looking for you guys to share this with your family and friends. Word of mouth is an absolutely incredibly effective way to build this audience. In addition to leaving us things like ratings and reviews, but telling your friends and family there is a daily source for BYU talk and podcast form that doesn't cost them a dime. You guys are going to sound like a hero to your fellow Cougar fans, so please continue to share this with your family and friends, especially this holiday season, as you'll probably be around family and friends that you maybe haven't seen for the better part of, what, one, maybe two years due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so... Thank you for your support as always, and please continue to support us by sharing us. Sharing is caring, my friends. All right, time to answer your questions on a Twitter Thursday. Appreciate you guys reaching out always with your comments and thoughts. Let's start off with this from Trevor Graves at TD Graves 7. says, hey, Jake Hatch, why doesn't BYU and Notre Dame try to get a game, the hashtag or uh, quote-unquote independent championship to bolster their resumes for this coming weekend? They pulled off a game, speaking of BYU, last year with Coastal Carolina your thoughts. He also added this later. Is it even possible with NCAA regulations playing 13 games? It's not an actual championship game. Uh, The biggest thing is, is BYU and Notre Dame would have to get a waiver from the NCAA, but the NCAA currently doesn't necessarily want to stand for anything. So why not get a waiver and play it? 
DJ, who I work with, David James, over at KUTV and the Zone Sports Network, has been on this train for years. He has advocated for BYU and Notre Dame to play an international game on championship game weekend. Make it a game you play in Canada, or you go to Hawaii, or you go to, I don't know, wherever, London. You, you just you play it all over the place. Fans from both schools, we all know that BYU represents, and Notre Dame might be the best traveling fan base in college football. No offense, Cougar Nation, but Notre Dame, man. Talk about a traveling circus they've got. But he has advocated this for, for years. I'd like to see it happen. The problem is Notre Dame apparently has little to no interest in doing any such thing. Just think about how difficult it was to get BYU finally to fulfill the contract with Notre Dame. They had to agree to move it to a neutral site in Las Vegas next year. I don't see Notre Dame agreeing to this anytime soon. No matter how cool of an idea it might be, Trevor, I'd totally be down with it happening. But yeah, it's just... It does not seem like it is going to happen. All right, Connor Packham up next. Packham Connor says, Hey, Jacob C. Hatch, do you think BYU would extend Coach Satake's contract to 10 years now or wait until we hear the money figures for the new Big 12? Um, that comes off of a tweet from RJ Young from Fox Sports saying that 10-year contracts used to be unheard of, even blasphemous in college football. Now it's a trend. Uh, he says, Jeff Trailer, Michigan State. Uh, Jeff Trailer from UTSA. Michigan State coach Mel Tucker. Penn State's James Franklin. And now LSU coach Brian Kelly have all signed 10-year deals. I don't think BYU is up for signing Kalani Satake to a 10-year deal because the indication, if you look at the past, is being a predictor for the future. They have not been more than happy. Uh, they're not more than happy. They have not been happy or they've not been willing, is probably the right terminology, to extend maybe more than three years. They want to be able to keep some flexibility on their side of things, speaking of BYU. I can tell you this much. I had a conversation with some folks earlier this week, actually one person in particular, who happens to know a lot more about Kalani Satake's status with BYU than I do, and his thought was that Kalani Satake would love nothing more than to ink a long-term deal with BYU, but the bigger issue is is making sure that his support staff is taken care of. So yes, maybe they do need to wait and see what the money numbers are going to be from the Big 12, Connor, before they ultimately pull a trigger on such a lucrative and big-time extension, but... I know Kalani apparently would be up for such a deal. Maybe not 10 years, but he'd probably take a five or maybe a seven-year contract extension. And I've always thought that you have the deal that we saw or we're hearing that Mark Stoops is going to get at Kentucky. It's something that I think also Iowa has with their head coach, and Iowa's coach's name is escaping me all of a sudden. Oh, Kirk Ferentz, that's who it is. Uh, essentially, if Kirk Ferentz wins a certain amount of games, I think it's eight games a year, he gets an automatic one-year contract extension on his deal. It's essentially a deal that just continues in perpetuity. Mike Gundy has something similar at Oklahoma State. Uh, Mark Stoops' one is going to be, if he has between seven and nine wins, it's an automatic one-year extension. Anything 10 or more wins is a two-year contract extension. I'd be totally down for something like that for Kalani Satake, but uh, maybe they do need to wait and find out what the money figures are before they ultimately decide to pull the trigger on that, Connor. All right, uh, another question here from Nick Chadwick, of course, a good friend of the podcast, like uh, both Connor as well as uh, our good friend Trevor over there are. But Nick says this, at Locked On Cougars, with a little break until we see a bowl announcement and a game announced, what positions slash players do you think Kalani Satake and company try to address in the transfer portal? RB1 one, a Tyson Williams type and defensive line. 
I think you're onto something in there, Nick. The defensive line, I'm actually not as convinced they will go after, though, because they have a lot of defensive linemen coming in in January. I think uh, something like six, seven, eight new guys added to that defensive line room. So you're suddenly going to have a huge glut of bodies in that room and uh, maybe not necessarily don't have the scholarships to go out and get a transfer portal guy. If you can find an elite pass rusher who can like single-handedly wreck a game plan, yeah, you'd make an exception for that. But those are hard to come by. They don't grow on trees out there. The running back situation is one that BYU needs to monitor. It all is pending on what the status of both... Uh, not Tyson Williams. I got Tyson Williams on my brain because your question, Nick. Uh, it all comes down to Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa. If both of them decide that they're done with their eligibility, they're going to move on with their playing careers, well, then you absolutely probably need to jump back into the portal and try and find somebody to come in. If... Tyler Algier stays and Lopini Katoa goes, you probably can absorb Lopini's loss and fill in with guys like Jax McChesney, Miles Davis, etc., and be just fine there. Uh, I think Kudu Opati would also figure to uh, be part of that conversation. But if it were Tyler Algier goes and Lopini Katoa goes, I think you still go after a transfer portal back. Lopini Katoa's best role is his uh, off-speed back, kind of the complementary guy, whereas being the bell cow, that's not in Lopini's skill set, and that's nothing against him. It's just not who he is as a running back. So it all, I guess, really hinges on Tyler Algier. So hopefully that answers your question, Nick. One other position group, I'd actually be looking at BYU adding some bodies in the transfer portal. Uh, I guess two positions. Offensive line in particular, uh, looking at the interior of the offensive line, maybe a center or a guard who could also play tackle, kind of a swing offensive lineman who's a high-level player, and then also a linebacker. If you're going to be dealing with long-term injuries, and we saw how thin the linebacker room got suddenly when you lost guys like Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar as, Ch- as well as Chaz Ayu this year, you may need to go find a guy or two in the transfer portal because apparently the bodies you have in the room right now either are not developing at the rate you need them to or just aren't going to be the answer for BYU at linebacker. So hopefully that answered your question. Uh, we also did a question of the day yesterday. I threw it out on social media and uh, said, what are your guys' thoughts or what is your level of confidence that BYU will make a New Year's Six Bowl game? And I said the scale goes from 1 to 100. And some of the responses were pretty funny, but uh, the responses by and large, actually, I think unanimously, were very low. Uh, Blair Red, my percentage is one. Roddy McKee, 10% since you know we're Mormons. You know, tithing joke. We all get it. Uh, Ryan Teeples sending me a gif of uh, the judges saying zero, so he has no confidence. Jeff Johnston, this year, 5%. Uh, Brian, at your classes, I give it a 10. A 10. So there you go. Uh, Steven, an M4G bit. One, too much has to happen beyond BYU's control. If we absolutely demolished USC, maybe that would be a different story. Uh, Brax at BYU underscore Homer, 0.01. Even after specific outcomes happen, it will still all come down to whether the committee feels they can justify putting BYU in front of Baylor, even though Baylor won head-to-head. A loss to number 5 Oklahoma State in the Big 12 Championship won't be enough to justify that, in my opinion. Uh, President Corinne Arnold, about a 5, but that's okay. BYU had a great season, and I think 12 is a fair ranking, but probably not a quite, quite enough for the New Year's 6, but I'm not going to let that take away from what has been a special season for BYU. Going to enjoy that last bowl game no matter where 
it is. Big Uncle Pooh, two. Sporty Mick tweets, Mike Baller, 45, 30%. Okay, Sporty, all right. You are the highest one, 30%. Uh, Landon Sorens, about where I'm at, responding to Jeff Johnson, saying about 5%. And also Kalani's Big 12 Cavs, that Kalani's Cavs says they have 5% seems to be the right answer. Cougar Wire uh, sent us, of course, the famous GIF uh, from Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, there's a chance. Yes, there's always been a chance. The issue is it just... It seems like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with one of our other comments earlier that the committee would have to justify it. and not sure they're necessarily going to go with that. Uh, John saying 50%. The wins we need seem likely. The one toss-up will be Bama and Georgia. That's an interesting one, John. I appreciate that. And then Justin Clayton here, Justin from Utah, saying less than zero. Had no business losing to Boise. Didn't score style points in our other wins outside of Utah who had a trash QB. All right, Justin. All right. I, I appreciate you weighing in with that. Uh, Texas Colonel. I missed these actually last couple ones. I was just scrolling up. Texas Colonel has, says 12%. Daniel Carlson, a Carlson 7, says 22%. So uh, ranging all over the place. Uh, Dylan at Farnsworth Dill saying 16%. So kind of going all over the place. But yeah, apparently 50% is the highest you guys think it is. I, I would say it's, oh man. 10%. That's kind of where I'm sitting on. I just don't see it happening, but I, I also do think it does not take away from a special season that BYU has enjoyed to this point. Alright, coming up here in just a minute, we'll wrap up today's show with some other news and notes involving BYU athletics, BYU baseball announcing their signing class. We'll touch on all of that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online. They have you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues with their march towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season and if you guys have not seen this already head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive that bonus from basketball to football to NHL to boxing and UFC right down to your favorite Vegas casino games do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends over at betonline.ag they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports I mean that sincerely it's a really painless process. If you want to get started now, get to betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, my friends, before we go here on this Thursday edition of the show, let's catch you guys up on the other news and notes involving BYU athletics we need to touch on. First things first, you probably saw my Twitter feed this week. Two BYU football players have entered the transfer portal, both of them walk-ons. Mitchell Price, a walk-on formerly of Pleasant Grove High School, a defensive back. He's been a special teams player for BYU for most of his career, has seen spot duty at both safety and cornerback. He has entered the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. I wouldn't be surprised if he lands at the FCS level as a grad transfer and gets a chance to start for maybe the last year or two of his playing days. A really good young man who's been a really really solid player for BYU. Just never kind of got the chance to really break through as a full-time player and now looking for greener pastures. Also Cade Parrish, a transfer in from Snow College, joined BYU this past uh, summer from Snow College. Has He was actually just a freshman uh, coming into BYU. Had four years to play four if I understand it correctly. 
but has decided to move on with his playing days. He is a native of the Logan area. I think he actually prepped at Logan High School, so wouldn't surprise me to see him maybe look at going home to play for Utah State or maybe look at a Weber State, that type of a deal. He was a really, really good player for Snow College. I thought it was a really savvy pickup as a preferred walk-on out of Snow College to get him to go to Provo, but apparently he was dissatisfied with his role. He only saw action in one game this year against Idaho State in a reserve role, and he will now be moving on and want to wish both of them the best of luck moving forward. Of course, anything else we hear with regards to the transfer portal will continue to bring to you guys and keep you apprised of anybody else entering or any interest from guys in the portal about coming to BYU as well. Uh, BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood announced earlier this week the Cougars 2022 signing class. It includes, I believe, nine players. Uh, They hail from Hawaii and the state of Utah, so a really strong homegrown class for BYU. Uh, Joining the Cougars from the Aloha State is Keone Painter from the Kamehameha Schools in Kula, Maui. And then eight standouts from Utah include transfer Mason Olson from the College of Southern Idaho, who previously prepped at Spanish Fork High School. Uh, he joins two former former Don Stars and Zach Dart and Easton Romero in Provo. Uh, other One other high school teammate duos joining BYU include Riverton's Parker Goff of Harriman and Sam Beck of Riverton. And BYU is also signing two players from Southern Utah and Santa Clara's Luke Anderson out of Snow Canyon High and Peyton Goobler out of Desert Hills High School. And then rounding out the recruiting class is Easton Jones of Lehigh who played at American Fork High School. So apparently uh, BYU keeping it close to home, recruiting a bunch of guys from the 801 and 435 area codes, but also going to the 808 to bring in Keone Painter. BYU baseball. Mike Littlewood, he's done a really, really good job making this a very good team, and hopefully BYU can get the quality pitching they've had for the past couple years to continue this year, and hopefully they can find their bats as well. I enjoy BYU baseball games. I don't know about you guys. Going out to Miller Park is actually something I've always enjoyed, just going out and being able to sit back and hear the crack of the bats. I know it's more of a ping with regards to the metal bats or the composite bats that they play with at the collegiate level, but it is still fun to go watch these teams do their thing and we'll be looking forward to that this coming spring alright that is going to do it for today's edition of the show hope you all are doing great out there we got a busy day ahead on tomorrow's show previewing the showdown between BYU men's basketball and Missouri State we'll also talk a little bit more about BYU's bowl situation as we get ready to hear where they will be playing on Sunday we'll kind of dig into that and if you guys got questions concerns comments whatever you got for us feel free to send those in we'll see what we can do to address them on tomorrow's edition of the show as well reach out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars for our show feed. My personal Twitter feed is Jacob C. Hatch if you want to reach out to me there. Or as always, you can use our email address. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Always love hearing from you guys. All right, that's going to do it. Have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 2nd, 2021. Thank you for making us your first listen. Now get over to Locked On Big 12 and make that your second listen. And we will catch you guys tomorrow.